Today, I'm talking to Tim Stout, founder of True North Real Estate Advisors in Coweta and Fayette County of Georgia, as well as Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. As a real estate agent selling well over 400 homes a year, Tim had the highest market share, not just of any agent, but of any brokerage in his market. Back for a second interview, he is now the founder of the fastest growing brokerage in his market. His spirit is one of growth and contribution. The result is market domination. Tim and I talk about how to build the foundation for market domination. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. All right, everybody. It's the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today, back on the show is Tim Stout. And Tim, what I always call your market Noonan, but you're south of Atlanta. Would that be the right thing to call it? Yes, uh, Noonan, Peachtree City, Sonoya, all Coweta and Fayette counties. So everybody, Tim was on episode 208, and we talked about how to fully leverage with extreme ownership. So go back and check that out. But we brought you back on the show today, Tim, because talk about extreme ownership. You've just opened your own brokerage in Noonan after you already had more market share than I think all of the markets in all of the brokers in your market. Um, so I had to bring you back on the show to just tell us about what is that like? What are you learning? Um, and what can we on the ground agents learn from you? It's, uh, it's, it's different, but it's, I started a brokerage in East Tennessee about a year ago. So I already knew what had to be in place from, uh, you know, from a state perspective, you know, and, and local municipality perspective. So we was able to get that together and we had the checklist and systems from there. So we was able to bring them here and it was pretty, pretty seamless. I mean, we had to the different types of technology and the different accounts and the different things that you do to get people in, in sales. Cause this, this brokerage, it's, it's true North real estate advisors. We're not hiring uh new agents unless they're coming onto a team we're not adopting the model of if you can fog a mirror you can have a job like that's not what we're doing like in in, in tennessee we do the same thing in, in georgia we're doing the same thing we're only hiring people that you do not have to be a capper but you have to have the potential to get there and the want to get there or, or you know it's what, what they call a capper a producing agent but the main thing is you have to be able to fit within our community of, of agents and you have to care about your community that you work in. And when I mean care about it, not, not do a social media post when a, when a disaster happens like Noonan just had, we had a lot of agents, you know, Noonan strong and doing stuff, but there's not, they're not doing anything. They're not going out there. I'm not saying everybody should be writing checks, but everybody should be doing something physical or doing something to help. So that's the type of agent we're trying to attract. And, and we've been doing a pretty good job. It's a slower, we've definitely turned down more people than we've accepted, uh, but that's what we want. We want it, we want it very exclusive, not, uh, not something everybody can get into. 
So how did you know, how long did you know, again, so we're going to rewind a little bit. You've been an, you were an individual agent, quickly grew a team. Um, we talk a lot about that in the first interview, episode 208. And then going into that, you built your team out so that you had departments, roles, agents. You have a three-week training program for agents coming onto your team. But you, that was agents on your team. Your brokerage is now a brokerage of other agents with other teams. Yes, we are. Opening that way. And you opened everybody, he opened in another state. And what I'm hearing is you've got to think big on systems, organization, tools. And then on the smaller scale, when you get in the weeds on it, it's about, number one, it's not just if you sell. And it's not just if you have, but it's also not just if you breathe. It's what kind of person you are, hard work, culture, a person of contribution. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you and I both been a part of, of big brokerages that if somebody has a bad taste in their mouth from agent B they dealt with two years ago, that is a direct representation of you as long as you're carrying the same flag as they are. So that's really important that mistakes will always happen, but I don't want intentional mistakes. I want people who have, uh, they did never intentionally hurt somebody or or affect someone negatively. Like things happen, but nothing intentional. So that's the type we're trying to attract. It's people who want the best for everybody, who want to leave people better than they found them. Because that's what, that's what makes me want to come to the office to work. I want to be surrounded by great people. I don't want to have to walk in and shut my door because I'm afraid somebody's going to come in and talk to me. I want to be able to leave my door open and have people come in and out that, that I can have high-level conversations with about the community, about their business, about real estate in general there's a lot going on in real estate and it's and and you need someone that can help you with that so at least talk to you about it exactly so i love because we're it reminds me not to quote gary v but to quote gary v it's clouds and dirt you've got to be able to see the big picture all the time what you're doing the bigger picture but also on the ground know what you're doing you are an agent as knows what you're doing you've been an agent you built a team and now you're building a brokerage and working with these agents, working with these agents on the ground, it's really comes down to character. How do you know that in an interview? Uh, well, in Tennessee, there's there's me. I'm I'm more the the general partners. Then we have some uh, you know some limited partners, and it's the same thing here. Like we have uh, I have a I have a broker that's a partner, and uh, some some team members that are partners, and we we basically have to agree on everybody. Like it's like they come in, you know, we, we've got someone in question. We, we talk about it and we decide if it's the best move long-term, not, not the best move uh, short-term. And then we try to do that because we, we want like my, the saying is I want to grow, but I don't want to grow with everybody. And that's, that's what we're trying we to focus grow. on. We want to grow, but we so say that again. We want to grow, but we don't want to grow with everybody. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So elaborate on that for us a little bit. Uh, like we want to grow, but I'm not going to bring people on. We're, we are not going to bring people onto the brokerage just to, just to expand the brokerage's numbers. We're not going to bring people on just to say we have this many agents. It's like that's not about that. Like everybody that's on is a producing agent who who cares about the community of agents within True North and the community that we work in. And and we'll work all over South Atlanta, and we're even working some of the West Side. You know, we work a lot of in Carrollton and Villarick and Dallas that area too. So we're getting agents that work that area too. So we're, we're eventually going to grow, but it's, we don't want to outgrow our belief system. And I've seen a lot of brokerages do that. 
they have a belief system and core beliefs and something they put all over the wall. And the next thing you know, you're like, that is not what's going on. That's not what's happening. That's not what I'm seeing. And, and we are, we're fighting very hard to avoid that. That's awesome. It all starts with the foundation, having a strong foundation to be successful. So you've got, let's talk a little bit about for everybody. We talked last time. um, We talked a lot about owning what you do. And in that, I don't know that we hit too much on literally opening up your team and a brokerage in to So you, so everybody let's you're in, you're in Atlanta, but you actually started your brokerage in another state while you ran a team with a separate brokerage that you are an agent with in Atlanta. Is that? Yes, I have. I was, I was a part of another broker. Like most people are like, can you do that? Go ahead. How do you do that? I was a part of another brokerage here and we were a part of a brokerage in, in uh, Tennessee. And we saw the writing on the wall from this, you know, a big brand brokerage, but it wasn't like I told the team and the people that we were talking about partnering with, I said, this is what's going to happen. I said, this is the steps they're going to take. And it's every step. They started taking it. They started taking it. They started taking it. And we already had a plan to, to, to leave. So when we left, you know, we started our own, not because the other companies are not worth uh, being there. The company that we want, we wanted to grow with wasn't created yet. So, so we did that and we already had all the, all the footwork. We had all the plans. We had the belief systems, everything that we had, was already built. So in my mind, it would have been counterproductive to come down here and try to rebuild something that was working there at such a, such a high level. So, so basically it's your plan and your belief systems. Mm-hmm. Yes. So infrastructure, it's the right infrastructure and the, to run the team and the right people with the right belief systems to deliver for the team. Absolutely. And it, because you can have the right, the right instrument with the wrong person handling it. And it's horrible. Uh, like a, like a pistol, a pistol in one person's hand will protect somebody and pistol in another person's hands will can murder somebody. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the user. It's the job of the brokerage to create the, the systems, procedures, and the, 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 the things they can use and, and the aura, like when you walk into a room and you're a part of a certain brokerage, people understand who you are, where you're at, regardless. And, and, and we, we could call out four or five different brokerages. And the second me, you or I one said that brokerage name, we would know exactly how we felt about that person because of everything we've experienced. And so we're trying to reverse engineer that. Like when people hear, you know, true North real estate advisors were like, Oh, okay. We know they're good guys. We know they've got a good belief system. We know they're going to work hard. We know they're honest. And part of the community. Absolutely. And that's our big thing is we, as real estate agents, we, 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 we get paid well. So in my opinion, it's my job to give back. So that's, that's what we do. It's like, we need to, we need to be giving back to the community, especially the people who need it. And, and in situations where people can't, can't help it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of helping people in situations that can help it, but certain situations people can't help it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm about being there for them. Exactly. So how did you manage for, there's some agents that are listening to this because they just want to sell a lot of real estate. Some agents who want to grow a team and do it well. And some agents who are like, maybe I want to start a brokerage. So we'll go backwards on starting a brokerage. There's a lot of there, today. The brokerage has gotten so big and it seems that, 
it's the, it seems out of necessity, and yet you're starting a brokerage from the ground up and doing quite well at it. What do you? What is it about you, or what is it about a small brokerage that's successful today? Because there aren't very many anymore. There's so many brokerages that are just so huge. It's like the Walmart and the hardware store. Walmart's usually beat the hardware stores out, but that's not the case for you and mine. Okay, great. And I had this conversation with somebody yesterday, uh, a friend of mine who, who is leaving the brokerage he's with, and he's comparing uh, my brokerage, True North brokerage, with another brokerage. And he goes, I can't beat these. I can't. He said, man, the, the prices that the other brokerage is giving me, I can't beat them. And I was like, you should go there. And, and he goes, are you serious? I said, absolutely. I said, you have, you, you have no intentions of growing your business. You have intentions of staying exactly where you're at and making the most amount of money you can while you're doing that. You should definitely do it. I'm not the cheapest. I'm not the expensive, but I will not be the dollar general of real estate. And, and that's what this company's doing. They're making it as cheap as they can. And a lot of agents, not that there's nothing wrong with dollar general, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. Right, right. And, and to go to Dollar General and there's a time to go to Saks Fifth Avenue or the boutique. And the, and they're, they're so caught up on their bottom line, but your bottom line is, is irrelevant. If I can grow your top line, if you're complaining to me because you're paying a hundred thousand dollars a year, but if I can make you an extra 200, that what you're paying me is irrelevant. And and I need people, and I will only partner with people who understand that. If if they don't have the the business uh, the business savvy to understand that, they're they're not a fit. Because I, I want I want people who are going to grow, who want to grow, not just who wants to come in and, and, and cash and checks and 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 keep an extra four or five hundred dollars a paycheck because they've got a lower cap or they beat somebody out of fees or something. I, I don't want to be a part of that. And I'm not going to compete with them because it's, it's, it's like apples and oranges. Which one, which one are you hungry for? Right. Is there, there's really, if I can make you 200,000 more dollars, then if I can increase the top line exponentially, the bottom line becomes a lot more irrelevant, especially with the, with the bottom line speeding in and growing that top line by so much. What do you say about, there are but again, like so many big brokerages and big names a lot of people would say that's just too much of a weakness to be the little guy. What do you say to that? Point them to David and Goliath. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's, I'm not trying to compete with him. And, and I'm really not. I want to grow with the people who want to grow with me. Other than that, I, I, could, I could care less about bringing other people on. I want, I want to be able to, my team, if, if we hired no other agents, like if the brokerage hired no other agents, the team itself would sustain the brokerage by far, you know, by far. So everybody that comes on is an ad, added, added pleasure. It's, it's added to the brokerage. So everybody who comes on is treated that way. It's like, are you going to give to the brokerage? Or are you going to understand what we're doing? Are you going to push for what we want? And if it's just, you know, you're all like, oh, whatever, whatever. It's like oh, nothing wrong with that because great real estate agents are with that mentality all day long, but it's not the ones we want to go with. And I'm not trying to compete with the big ones yet. They may be a day because I mean I'm competitive as they get, but as of right now, I, I want to grow a a foundation of really good agents who who believe what I believe, who believe what what we think real estate is, and how we want to treat the clients and customers. That's what we, we're looking to build. 
Well, I don't know if we've talked about this offline before, but I love your, your answer. Your initial answer was with David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. David and Goliath, the perception of a lot of people was Goliath was the big scary monster and David was just this little guy. But Goliath was the guy who was too big, who had a disorder that made him not so intelligent because of it. I think it was a genetic thing, but he couldn't see very well. He couldn't move very fast. He couldn't get around. He didn't, he just looked scary. The little guy, David, was a, um, what do they call it? The slingshot that he was like an expert. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, say that again. Sheep herder. So he's, he's fast moving, young, agile. He might look smaller, but he's not the weaker. Got great accuracy, great weapons. Yeah. There's something to be said for differentiation. Agreed. I hundred percent agree. And, and people who are strong enough to do it, not everybody is. A lot of people, they need to feel a part of something. And a lot of people drink the Kool-Aid at these different places because they want to feel a part of something. I, I want everybody in my organization to feel a part of it. But I want them to feel like they own it. I want them to feel like they want to grow it. I want it to be so great that people are actually like, I want this agent, this agent, and this agent because they're going to get what we're doing here. And because I, I come to the, probably a couple of years ago, like I used to hate to give people advice. I used to hate to do all this stuff because in my mind I was helping them compete against me. And then you wake up one day and realize all the people that, that you try to help majority of them are never going to do anything you say. And it's like, I can talk from blue in the face and very rarely is one going to actually do what they do, do that and benefit from it. And why do you think that is? And how do you find the ones who aren't like that? It, that it's super difficult because people, people want the easy pill and uh, people want People like, like a lot of times, like, you know, my coaching clients and, and, and your coaching clients, most of them come to you because they want the easy pill. They, they want you to tell them the one thing that's getting 15 listings a month and they're going to do it. They don't understand what, what's the difference between mediocrity and success is hundreds of calls a day. It's door knocking. It's the same things everybody's told you to do, but you're doing it for years. You get to build that up. You get to do the reputation, everything that you're doing you're doing it for the greater good of tomorrow, but nobody looks at tomorrow because they want that commission check today. And they're willing to put people in bad situations to get that check today. You're not thinking it's going to cost them six checks in the next 10 years. And that mindset is, is crippling people because they want it now. They don't understand that nothing, nothing can be built in a day, but it can be destroyed in a day. Well, nothing can be built in a day, but it can be destroyed in a day. And the compound effect of what you're talking about over time, in, until you experience it, you're just, whoa, wow, like it, it, looking back, it sure is fast too, but you got to do it. You got to put in the time and you got to do the right things. Don't just work harder, work smarter. And it's like with my social media, you know, career or whatever. When I first started, I, I was talking to, to one of my coaching clients the other day about a conversation I had with my coach. And I remember he's like, you got to do this, this, and this. And he's adding all these things, social media to my plate. And, and I remember asking him one day, and I don't question anything. I do as I'm told. And I remember asking him, I was like, is this shit even working? I was like, every day I'm doing this and every day I'm doing this. And I said, I see nothing from it. And he's like, keep doing it, keep doing it. And I'm like, okay, so I keep doing it. And he's like three or four months later, I, I still remember what I was wearing. I was wearing like a blue shirt, gray slacks. And I had my foot crossed in his arc time for our call. And I was so excited to talk to him because I had, uh, I got 15 listings in the last two weeks and I wanted to tell him about it. And then he's like, well, how do you think that, that happened? 
I was like, people are saying they just see me everywhere and I'm talking about it. And, and he's go, he goes, well, what are you doing so they can see you? And I'm like, then it clicked me. I'm like social media and the extra phone calls. And he goes, huh? I'm like, I get it. it but it's not easy. It was months of doing the work before I seen the seed, much less the fruit. And it was, that's when it hit me. It's like, this is not an easy game. People do not fall into it. I mean, even if you are, if, if you come from, if you're a doctor's son, if you're a, a the mayor's son, like you're going to have a natural selection of clients, but if you don't do a good job, they're not hanging out. They're not sticking around. They're not going to use you again. You may have a good first year, but you've got to take care of them or they they have no, they will not work with you again. And like to that, you make me think about, we'll talk about this and we're going to do a final three because we both were needed to, wanted to do a short interview today for everybody. But to that, um, we've talked about this offline, everybody. We talk offline a lot, as you can hear, just sharing ideas and growing one another's businesses. But um, sometimes strengths are weaknesses and weaknesses or the obstacles are actually the way. I think there's a book named that or the strengths talking about people who have the sphere, I, you know, and I didn't have the sphere coming into Atlanta and I look back at the mistakes I made and say, thank God, because I got them. I made them. They weren't showcased. It wasn't in front of everybody in the big sphere of influence that I built up now. And I've learned and been able to serve at the highest level. Um, and you could go vice versa, but what is your take on that about strengths and weaknesses and breakthroughs and, and hitting that success, whether it's you know, what do you, what would you call weaknesses? What would you call strengths? How do you pivot them? How do you look into them? How do you leverage them? I think, I think uh, the leader's number one strength is realizing where he's weak. And I think that is the hardest thing for a leader to do is because that's one thing I could always, as when I was fighting, uh, I was always analyzing myself and I was, because it was really important. I knew where I was weak because that meant where I had to train, where I had to put more work in. So I was very critical of, of myself of being able to watch it. And I carried that into business and, and I knew where I was strong, but I, I really knew where I was weak. And some of the weak stuff I was able to improve on, but some of the weak things I was at such a deficit, I had to hire and, and I would hire from that, but because I knew what my strengths were. So, so your weaknesses are your blessings if you hire correctly. It's because the more you hire and the better you hire, the more you realize that your strengths aren't that strong either because you start seeing out, out here and you start seeing people that are stronger than you there. And then you figure out how ways to get them on your team too. So, so I, I look at weaknesses different. I look at that as an opportunity to grow. So what's the, what's your biggest advice? Cause hiring the right people can be one of the most challenging things. Any like, which we've spoken to it a little bit, but in recognizing that, cause even, you, you know, it, it's not easy. How do you know you've got the right people? Um, that you're aligning with the right people and hiring and bringing the right people in under your wing. I think one of the best advice I've ever given anybody is remember you're, you're not hiring Jerry Metcalf's and you've got to quit thinking about that. You've got to quit thinking that you're hiring the next Jerry Metcalf because Jerry Metcalf don't need Jerry Metcalf. You need people who, who need your strong points. Uh, with me, I, I do really well with, uh, with hard workers, honest people who want to make a good living but they don't want to spend all their time uh, prospecting and building a business or they're not from here. So I can bring them in, put them under my umbrella and they get all the leads they can handle. And then we just, we send them out hunting every day and they're able to do that. Uh, what I don't do well with the hiring is people who want to have their name in the lot, people who, who care more about their name on the sign more than they do a fat wallet. 
that's who I don't do well with because the, the egotistical thing, like it, it bothers me. They want, they want to be in this video. They want to do this. And it's like, it's not about that. And it's really not. It's about what, why do, why do you do this? You do this to help families and to get paid. I'm going to give you all the families you can help and you can get paid from it. Uh, but when I realized that I wasn't hiring Tim Stouts, that was the biggest piece of advice that I've ever said. And I said it to somebody before I had that self-realization. I said it to a client and I'm like, okay, I have to realize that. And I have to realize where I'm strong, which tells me where to hire. And I have to realize where I'm weak to tell me where to strengthen and hire as well. Because when you realize where you're strong, if you, if you are great at this section, you hire this section until it's time to replace you. And then you have to hire this section. So uh, knowing your strengths and weaknesses are your best hires, but realizing you're not going to hire Jerry Metcalfs. Like it's, that's just not going to happen. How are your weak first? Pull that up. You replace yourself and your strengths to grow to your greater strengths to then grow your business and grow other people. The pizza analogy I give in the, in the last one is that that's, that's how I, I look at my business until you realize that you've got an extra large pizza with one medium slice and you're the medium slice. And you realize that you're, 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 you are the limiting factor to growth. So you replace you. And it's, that's a hard decision and that's hard because then, then you're still not hiring a Jerry Metcalf. You're hiring someone who just does that slice of pizza. You're a medium pizza. You're a really good medium pizza but you're hiring extra large slices. So sometimes you've got to come to a point where you've got to replace that. Wow. I love that analogy. So when you hired yourself for the first time, how'd that go? What it was like and what was your biggest breakthrough? And then we're going to go into our final three questions, y'all. When I hired myself, what do you mean myself? Because you said you, you've got to hire that Jerry Metcalf or you've got to replace him. When I replace myself. You're ready to replace yourself. Yeah. So, so what I did is, is I, I'm a pizza. I got 10 slices. What's the least dollar producing activity? And, and I do it and then I hire it and make an extra large slice. And I continue to work my way through the pizza. The whole pizza is Tim Stout. Tim Stout was not a slice. The, the Tim Stout is a medium pizza, just like Jerry Metcalf is. So I hire extra large slices to take that off of my plate. And then when I get to the end, I realize there's only one medium slice. So I pulled that medium slice out, replaced it with an extra large slice, which replaced Tim Stout, but it was, it's 10 times better than anything I can do. That's amazing. Yeah. What a great analogy. What a great way to think about it. And then, and then breaking down all those slices. That's a whole nother thing. Cause you got admin, you got like, do you, do we have time for you to bring us through like what each slice might represent? Yep. The, and, and I say 10 slices, they may not be 10, 10 pieces, but it's uh, come into the first least dollar producing activity was like secretary, basic administration work. This is you know, $15 an hour. So I hired that out and they took all this off my plate, which did not give me free time. That's when I, when I tell people how to build a team, when you replace it, that doesn't give you free time. There's only two things that matters in this business and that is prospecting and appointments. So when someone frees you up for two hours, that means you gain two hours to prospect and appointments. That's how your business grows. Your business don't grow because you hire somebody to take something off your plate. Your business grows because you're able to focus on what counts more. Yep. It, and then I come out and I did a contract to close. So I pulled that off my plate. So I'm like, okay, that is good. And then I grew that business to where I had, I started losing buyers because I was having an excess in them. So I hired a, a buyer's agent. So I was able to do that and then I end up having like three buyer's agents. And then 
I was listing training and managing and realized that I couldn't control what I was doing with the listings as good. So I hired a listings manager to handle all the paperwork and all the communication. And it's my job to market and to sell. And, and then we, we built that and got, you know, 10 buyers agents. And then I hired a listing agent to come replace me. And now I have a listing agent, a listing manager and a listing assistant who does the listing jobs that I left. And now it's my job to, to cook the pizza. I watch the pizza, make sure everything's cooked where it needs to. And everything is adjusted as we go. And my main job is to look where the plates are going. Like I need to see where everything is going, not where it's at because we're in a super tricky real estate market. And the market one year ago is nothing what it is now. And the market a year from now is going to be nothing where it is now. And all these agents are playing checkers. And if you're not playing chess and you don't know where everything's going, you're going to lose. Look for where things are going. And I will say, I'm not building breakers right now, but even in our deals, looking to where these deals are going, not where they are and not how they used to be, by the way, because our market in Atlanta is changing quickly. Our market in Atlanta is looking a lot more like markets in San Francisco, which operate very differently and are successful based on different roles because it turns from even I would like I use analogies like we're not playing basketball now. This might be football or checkers to chess in, in your business and at large. I mean, great. Like that end of this episode, I'm going to replay about that last five minutes just there about 10 times just for myself. Uh, I need to hear it again, too. So. <laughs> All right. Final three questions. Okay. Today's a quick one. But this was great. Okay. Final three. Number one, always the same, but as it relates to us, our interview today, what has been your greatest resource and tool in building out your team to the stage of now building out your brokerage? Coaches. Would that count? Yeah. Coaches. Absolutely coaches. Mm-hmm. Like, and t- what about coaches did that for you? Uh, well, one coach is like a sales coach and mindset coach. Like, keeps my head right. And he keeps me a lot of times I'll be like, I'll say something and I'm sure it's arrogant. He goes like, who in the hell are you? Like, you know, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Like he'll pull my reins, but he'll, he'll point me in directions where I goes. And I've got another, another coach who helps me recruit uh, for, uh, for, for the team. And so I've got these coaches that, that are, have done a lot of business or big coaches and they work my way through and I'm able to, to, to vision, cast vision where I'm going. And then I have mm-hmm. sprinkling in advice as I go and as I'm able to pull things together to, to get where I'm going. So it's definitely coaches. You're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And sometimes you have to pay for that. And that's, that's what coaches are. How many do you have? How many coaches right now? Uh, two for business. So one, one who's basically business strategy and growth and recruitment and the other one who's mindset accountability. One's, one's mindset, accountability, and coaching, and the other one's recruiting. Wow. I've got one that's all-encompassing than one that's just recruiting or primary recruiting. Anything else you want to share about that before I is ask you the next question? No, but that's a big one. Coaching is you're, you know, you're, you've, yeah. you've got to up that game. If, you're, if, you're, if you've made it any level in real estate without a coach, you're doing well, but you're going to double when you, when you hire a coach. A coach that you'll listen to, a coach that you respect, not one of these – farm coaches that that coach 50 people and tell you the same things and the only thing they tell you to do is read a script and watch your numbers like that's not a coach that's an app can replace that so a coach is someone who knows your business intimately and knows how to get you to the next level and how do you know when you've got the right coach 
I knew my, my coach, uh, David Kesey, when, when I, I knew that was my coach because I called him for a free call. And, uh, you know, you got free calls. So I called him for a free call and he goes, he goes, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to make, you know, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. It was a hundred thousand dollars. He goes, okay, wow. coach, 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 we coach. And now that's, yeah. 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 That's yeah. But then it was a big thing. And he, uh, and he said, he coached me a little bit. Then he goes, okay. He goes, well, there's two programs you can do once a month for this price or every other week for this price. And I'm like, well, let's start off every other week. And, and he said, he goes, okay, so you want to start off on a $50,000 a year program. It's going to be this much a month. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to do a $100,000 program. And he goes, if you're not going to commit to me, why would I commit to you? And I'm thinking at that mm. point, I said, his sales skills is exactly what I need. And I'm like, okay, sign me up. I said, but you, you better have this back in my account before my wife sees it. So you've got to, you've got to get me there. And it's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. That's a great story. All right. What is a book as it pertains to this? You're great with the books. I mean, you read the books, not just like how to make me feel good, but how to do stuff. What book would you would recommend for this topic? Growing your business. Growing business. Uh, building, building out teams that are the equivalent of a brokerage because that's where you are now, brokerage. Yes. Uh, let me pull up and see what, see what my library is. Right now, I'm reading a lot about uh, raising real estate capital. So that, that's my big thing. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's probably one of the most influential books I've ever read. If you guys have not read that one. Wow. Uh, Compound Effect, you'd mentioned that earlier. Yeah. I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Anybody that's not read that one, just for mindset and, and the way to think about things. But building, building a team, you'd mentioned building a team. Let me see what I would do for that one. Uh, EOS, uh, Gino Whitman, what the heck is EOS? So that, EOS. The Entrepreneur Operating System, it basically teaches you how to, how to leverage and how to, uh, how to get things in place to, to get things where you're going with it. Like this, the way you think, the way things, systems and operations, like that helps. Because systems and operations is something that has to be done on your back end and then people are sprinkled in it. If you build a business based around people, when people leave, you lose business. If you have a business, then you sprinkle people in it, people leave and you're fine, but you have to have an organization system-based business first. That helps with that. Well, I mean, this really, at the end of the day is all about founda right foundations from system to people, get the right systems to serve the right people and get the right people served by the right systems. That's any last system. question. Yeah. Not just real estate. Yeah. But it, like, that just sums it up so beautifully. What is the one thing, if we're going to forget everything else from this interview, what's the one thing you would tell us to be sure to remember? Know your weaknesses. If you know your weaknesses, you'll, you'll discover your strengths. A lot of people are like, I don't know where I'm strong. And I'm like, discover where you're weak, and then you'll discover where you're strong. Oh, great advice. Yeah. Tim, thank you. This was awesome. And as always. Having me on again. I love listening to these, so, by the way. So it's always thank exciting. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com.